massive car bomb exploded outside of a large federal building in downtown Oklahoma City, shattering that building, killing children, killing federal employees, military men, and civilians. The chaos in downtown Oklahoma City did indeed resemble Beirut after what police believed to be a 1,200-pound car bomb ripped through the nine-story federal building shortly after 9 o'clock this morning. More than 500 people were already in their offices, and at least 50 children were in a daycare center on the second floor. campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Pastor <laughs> Marcus Zill. to have with me today in the Student Union, Reverend David Nairns, Trinity Lutheran Church, Norman, Oklahoma. Pastor Nairns serves as the first vice president of the Oklahoma District in Trinity, well-known vicarage site for seminary students throughout the Synod, and also our LCMSU chapter at the University of Oklahoma. Go Sooners. You've had how many vicars there in a row? Well, the vicar I have right now is a 28th vicar. And so it's a wonderful way to do campus ministry, and we're very happy that the, the Senate is so committed to campus ministry. So for 28 years, we've been doing the campus ministry at the University of Oklahoma with Vickers, and it's a great way to do it. No, absolutely. I, I, in fact, I was Vicar number six, and uh, I, uh, wow. I, I credit... Uh, I credit my time at uh, Norman. First of all, is one of the best. Best love Oklahoma. Uh, love love TLC Trinity Lutheran Church. Uh, I don't think anybody could have had a better vicarage supervisor than you. And and people are wanting to know why, why didn't you stop me? Why didn't you? Uh, you could have shut off the valve and spared a lot of people a lot of well, actually, a lot of zill headaches. <laughs> yeah, actually, we are in a very healthy way, very proud of, you know, all the, the many vicars that we've had and the amazing things they're doing in the Missouri Senate. And your name comes up a lot because we're very proud of the fact that you got your taste of campus ministry here in Soonerland, where the tornadoes come through every year. Yes, they and, do. And uh, now, now you're overseeing campus ministry for the whole Missouri Senate. So we're really happy because not only me, but our congregation feels like we are happy in mentoring young men to become pastors and so well, and you have certainly done a lot of that i mean i i shudder at the thought of going through you know all the list of them because there's 28 of them and we'd forget a few or whatever but right no you have had uh it's been a wonderful opportunity i mean the vicarage program is a great way because you get to get these young guys uh, most of the time uh, they're interested in campus ministry but one of the great things that you do there is you actually teach these young uh Young seminary and minds full of mush to, to actually be pastors as well as do campus ministry. And one of the things that I found out during my time there is that, holy smokes, being a campus pastor is really about being a pastor. 
exactly. <laughs> in a specific context to specific people and a specific age and all those kinds of things. But uh, I, I learned that from you, and I'm forever grateful to you and your congregation. Anyways, well, enough of the mushiness. <laughs> it's great to have you on. I asked you to come on the day because you, you guys recently had a wonderful, wonderful event to celebrate. Uh, the, the, the dedication of a new, but not new, organ frame the situation here and it has some sort of a tie-in with the oklahoma city bombing too uh, tell us the right. story take us hey tell you what take us back first to the uh kind of set a set a framework uh, for the dedication and then take us back to the bombing to because you know a lot of our young people that might be listening don't even remember it probably don't remember that so um this past sunday transfiguration sunday february 11th we had the dedication concert for our hitters pipe organ, uh, 1020, Opus 1024, for people that know about organs, and it was built in 1909, and it's a tracker organ, and is the oldest extant surviving organ in the state of Oklahoma. And uh, the reason why it's really a big deal is that uh, this Hinner's uh, pipe organ, uh, Hinner's company is based in Pekin, Illinois, was at a German Methodist church in downtown Oklahoma City that was founded in 1901, and the church had this organ put in in 1909. Uh, it is right downtown Oklahoma City. It was the home church of a lot of the German community there. Anton Klassen, one of the founders of Oklahoma City, was a member there. Well, in fact, and is so, that the same Klassen? I know that Trinity Lutheran and Norman's on what, 603 Classen Boulevard? Is it the same guy? It's a different... Yeah, Oklahoma City has a different Classen. Okay, than, but, we're actually on Classen, and, and uh, there's another Classen. The long-standing roots City. with this family in Oklahoma, obviously. Absolutely. And so the organ was, was at this church for, well, figured out since, you know, 1909. Uh, and um, what happened was it was in a part of Oklahoma City where because of uh, people leaving urban areas and going to the suburbs. It was a congregation that was struggling, and it, basically the Methodist Church was kind of using it as a homeless center, food pantry, and there really wasn't a worshiping community in this sanctuary. And yeah. uh, it's a beautiful little sanctuary with um, beautiful stained glass windows of kind of Art Deco style of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's got these curved pews, beautiful sanctuary with a bell tower and everything in it uh and the 1995 murrah bombing took place about seven blocks away in a lot of buildings in downtown oklahoma city the windows were blown out and the percussion from the bomb uh that was in downtown oklahoma city that was uh, april 19th 1995 shifted this organ off of its footings and it really wasn't it was kind of inoperable and so there it sat for all these years. Hmm. So uh, they didn't use so it at well, all? Well, it wasn't really playable. I, they had a piano in there, and uh, when they were doing services, they were using the piano, and the congregation sure. had pretty much died out. And then basically, this is what happened. It's right next to St. Anthony's Hospital, which was right near the, the bombing site, and uh, St. Anthony's purchased the property, and everybody in Oklahoma City just assumed, well, the hospital is just going to take this old church down and use it for a parking lot because it was near their parking lot. And that then began this whole saga, which is, we could write a documentary about this. <laughs> because then what happened was 
Dr. John Schwant at the University of Oklahoma, who incidentally came here from Indiana, is the head of the organ department at the University of Oklahoma and also the head of the American Organ Institute here in Oklahoma, is a prominent, well-known organist. Uh, he's often on Pipe Dreams on the radio. He has built up the organ program at OU. It's one of the best uh, programs now in the nation. And one of his visions for his students is he also wanted them to learn how to repair organs, and so they now have a degree at the university in working on wow. organs. So John Schwant is always scoping around the state to see churches that might be, you know, discarding pipe organs. And somehow he found out about this Hinner's organ in this, this old church and that St. Anthony's might take the building down. And he went up and saw it, and his eyes just got big, thinking there's no way they're just going to trash this thing. Hmm. And because he knew us and our congregation in Norman, he's actually an ELCA Lutheran. Of course, we're in Missouri Synod. He, he came one day and just showed up and said, there's a pipe organ that would be perfect at the back of your sanctuary. Wow. And that's what began this whole process. So this began, that, that's pretty amazing. This began with somebody, uh, somebody from... Uh, the School of Music, in essence, at the university. That's fantastic. And he knew, uh, I know Dr. Schwab for the last 12 years, sure. he, know, he knew that, that Trinity Lutheran is committed to our uh, sacramental liturgical sure. professional heritage. We use the hymnal, we chant the liturgy, we proudly do the divine service. Right. We love the liturgy, we, we chant the liturgy, we sing the liturgy sure. happily, and he knew, he knew that. And we had an old Rogers electronic organ here since, like, 1965, that is, you know, 50 years old or more and was okay, but circuits were starting to go, and eventually we're going to have to do something. And so we were a prime candidate to uh, take this Henner's organ into our sanctuary. Now, one of the interesting, uh, I mean, there's several things that are of uh, personal interest to me. I mean, I was, I was actually your vicar uh, during the bombing years, and so I remember that. I remember that quite vividly, and us going up well, a couple of times and helping with counseling. And what were there? 170 dead, and at that at that time, it was the the largest terrorist domestic terrorist attack, um, and still would be if it wasn't for uh, you know, of course, the horrible events of 9/11. That's right. That's another interesting um, connection here. That you, that was when you vickered here. Yeah. So Doctor Schwant comes and he says, "Hey, do I have a deal for you?" Uh, but you got this organ that was in this. So how did it end up in your sanctuary then? What kind of process did you have to go through to get to the point of being able to dedicate this? So I'll just simply go through the timeline. This was back in 2014, so it's, you know, four years ago. And he presented the case to me, and then we had to convene, you know, the church council. We went up there and we took photographs of it, and... Um, they came up with an estimate for the cost, and the congregation got on board and said, you know, that'd be fantastic. We're going to need a new organ anyway. This is the oldest. Uh, and he, he did his research because he's on the American, he's head of American Organ Institute at the university. He, they have, I didn't realize, they have a database of basically all the pipe organs in the country that oh, yeah. they know of. Mm-hmm. And this database showed that in there, there may have been some organs that were put in sanctuaries, you know, in late 1800s that people didn't know about, but they've long since been removed. So this is the oldest extant one that's still functioning in the state of Oklahoma. And it's a tracker organ, which means it's all the parts are mechanical. 
Um, there is a, you can manually operate it with a pump and you push it up and down and it fills the bellows with air. It goes back that far. Um, but obviously we have a blower unit that also blows the air into it. So we, we purchased it from this little church. They Oregon Institute college students, their master's degree and PhD students, their work study now is working on these old organs. So it took them about a day or two, and all the students went up there and disassembled this thing piece by piece. Which is no, which is no small thing. <laughs> oh, and they had they were all they were all wearing uh, gloves and masks because it was a hundred years worth of dust and grime back in there. And when the bomb went off, there was a crack in the ceiling, and so you had dirt and dust and sawdust. The water mm. had damaged it. And they have a warehouse here in Norman where the workshop is, and they took the whole thing into this workshop. And then for the last two or three years, they've been basically completely rebuilding it. All the students at OU work on it, and so it's become something that they're very proud of. You've probably had students from OU serving as organists or musicians in the past. You've had a good relationship with the School of Music, if I recall. Absolutely. Yes, yes, because I've been here for 30 years now. Yeah, and you have and quite probably, you have quite the musical background. You were in the Canary at the Fort Wayne Seminary. and I am a musician myself, sure. um, and I realize the value of this, this living, breathing pipe organ. And they worked on it for two or three years, and pretty much all of our organists the last basically 20 years have all been usually masters or Ph.D. students. Uh, in Oregon. It's actually a DMA, Doctor of Music Arts. Sure. Now, when you say living and breathing, I know i uh, got to give a shout-out to Vicar Number 1, uh, Dr. Peter Scare. You, know, you sure started off with a bang right when you started the program. <laughs> but Dr. Peter well, Scare wrote a beautiful tribute on the social media, and he spoke of it as a living, breathing instrument and its CPR when you talk about it being a living, breathing instrument, how, you know, not everybody listening necessarily knows the ins and outs of, of pipe organs and whatnot, but wh- why would you say it's a living, breathing instrument? Well, you know, I am not uh, any kind of expert on uh, pipe organs at all. I played violin and stringed instruments, etc. but my knowledge of it has been listening to pipe organs and going to concerts all of my life. Sure. And it is uh, air uh, that is going over a pipe, and it's literally moving the air in the room. It affects the air pressure in the room, and it's, it mimics in a lot of ways how you and I talk, the air going over our vocal cords. Interesting. And so I you've got, you've got these metal pipes, and you've got these wooden pipes, and the air is blowing over through um, the pipe, and so it's moving air in the room, and so it's it's more. It's why pipe organs have been used in worship now for hundreds of years because it's a, it's a living, breathing instrument, uh, breathing music. Whereas what we had before was electronic, and it was just you know like a speaker, and you push the key, and it's like your uh, PA system or like your home entertainment center. It's just electronic impulse going through a speaker, which which is okay. It's better than nothing. Sure. Now it's literally moving, and and so a lot of people you you can literally feel it if you've ever gone to an organ pipe concert and you're in the room and they let out all the stops you you literally feel it it's it's pushing the air against you it's a powerful experience and you know one of the the amazing things about you know when you think about elect, electronic music and both of my sons 
our pretty accomplished violinist. My uh, youngest son's playing ukulele, a little electric guitar now for his birthday. This, that, and the other thing. They got all sorts, and they're also getting into a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, the electronic music uh, DJing stuff. But what's interesting is that they they actually live in both worlds. They can appreciate something like a pipe organ. You, when you think about an electric, um, any instrument, you know, we take our TVs. You know, six, seven years down the line, it eventually isn't as good as it used to be. But with a pipe organ, you know, lots of times these kind of instruments, they actually almost get better with age if they're taken care of. And indeed, when uh, people, if people are interested in, um, and you post this on, online, and it exactly fits the back of our sanctuary. We have a, a classic old sanctuary with wooden beams and the carpenters of the shop uh, matched. They had to repair the sides of the organ uh, with wood paneling. It makes it exactly match our sanctuary. If somebody just walked in, they would assume that that has been in our sanctuary for a hundred years. Oh, it's it's uncanny <laughs> how it how it looks. It's beautiful. And the congregation. We've been on this street corner since 1901, and the original wood frame church was out in what's now our parking lot. And so the congregation's been on the street corner for all those years, and. Interesting. Um, Isn't community. that the same year that uh, the congregation, the Methodist congregation that had this organ, was founded? That's yeah. a, that's another funny coincidence. Yeah, because yeah. they used, they built their church in 1901, and this this congregation is um, back in World War II. Then they built the stone kind of Gothic sanctuary that we have now, and it's been added onto many times since then. And the wooden building is is long since gone, but. The organ um, fits perfectly in the back of our sanctuary. All we had to do was remove the back three pews, which that was sad because we lost some seating. And then the blower unit is up in the attic, and that's what operates the bellows. Um, but for our dedication concert for fun, we had one of our teenagers uh, manually operate the bellows uh, with a <laughs> long stick, stick, basically. And when we sang the hymn songs of thankfulness and praise... He was pumping it like crazy, and his dad had to help him. It's it's harder than people realize. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, he was he was getting a sweat going, and and you think all the days before electricity, that's how they operated these. Sweating with the hinners. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, and you know the be- the beautiful thing is, of course, people the these students in their twenties and thirties who are in the master's program, of course, they have a passion for pipe organs. That's understandable. So they're going to be you know, really big on pipe organs. But what they show is what we have found out here with campus ministry. You know, I'm a baby boomer. These young people that are in their 20s and 30s, they want historic worship. They don't want us to bring a rock band in here. And they love the fact that we're using the liturgy, using the hymnal just as it is, and singing and chanting the psalms. And the pipe organ is an affirmation that the, the songs are going to go on, and this church is committed to the divine service and God's gifts coming to us in word and sacrament. And the pipe organ enables that to really thrive. And the, we had all the 20 people that worked on the organ sat in the front pews, and they were just beaming listening to this thing because they knew, wow, this is a good congregation that gets it. They They know... It's it's not that it's some hoity-toity thing that you know we like pipe organs right. you know and so should so should you, it's it's a living voice it's really the it's a wonderful way because you know when Lutherans worship we want a, a sacred space and a sacred way of talking and a sacred way of singing you come to church it's supposed to be different than the world, and so I think young people are starting to realize you know I really don't want church to be a rock and roll service 
you know, I want church to be something that's different than the world, not the same, that transcends the world. And so what's beautiful is that, you know, this, this way of worshiping brings people together. You know, you have the, the little kids are singing the Kyrie, and the college kids are singing the Kyrie, and the grandma's singing the Kyrie, whereas you bring a rock band in here, people are going to say, I don't like that music. Well, they can still get the rock band, and, like, my, my son still listen to all the electronic music. Electronic they can dance. listen to they that on the radio. But you've got, like, three minutes here left in the show. But one of the things that I'm especially interested in is, the relationship did I did I hear right that you guys started a scholarship to to work closely with the uh, the school of music in terms of their organ students? Right. So we want to keep uh, a relationship with the University of Oklahoma. So we're going to have a scholarship fund set up that every year we give a scholarship to an organ student that they think is worthy uh, worthy recipient and that recipient, and then at some point point in the year we'll have them play a recital here at our church oh that's awesome so that's and, gonna... you know this 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 whole thing speaks well and i encourage everybody out there in lcmsu nation and in our campus ministries of of the importance of every congregation finding out you know who their neighbor is working with others in the community in terms of mercy things and all those types of things but also have a unique opportunity uh, to work closely with the university and to be a good neighbor to them as they are to you. Absolutely. He was a very, very excellent witness to the whole community uh, when we dedicated at the beginning of the program. And you can actually, on our webpage, you can download or look at the PDF of the whole uh, concert, dedication concert. And at the beginning, the whole uh, dedication of the organ to the, tri uh, to the glory of our triune God as we sing with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, it was it was a fantastic witness to the community about what happens here inside these doors. And it also uh, solidifies that we, we want to be a part of this community where we live. When I was at the University of Wyoming and we had a pipe organ in the School of Music, uh, which is not nearly as renowned as the one that you have there, we're always looking for places for these young people to go play in the community and to uh, to experience playing on different organs than maybe they had at the university. So I imagine you're going to get to hear a lot of organ going there. Uh, over the we, we are, <laughs> we are, and and because because this is going to be the oldest uh, tracker uh, pipe organ in the state of Oklahoma, there will be students will will want to do their sure. masters program or whatever just here at our church and we're expecting that to happen and we were, look, were looking forward to that wow. happening what a wonderful thing i was uh, uh pleased to be was i think i was with you guys on reformation day uh last october and i i uh you know I, I, I wish i could have been there i'll have to get back as soon as i can but uh uh, Dave, uh, Pastor Nairns, thank you for the opportunity to, ha to join us on the radio and, and, and allow so many more to join in the celebration that you guys have experienced here. Thank you for all of your work supporting campus ministry and, and all those uh, 28 vicars. Um, most importantly, thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> Yeah, well, you are a piece of work. But I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say that. No. But, you know, I think you've turned into a pretty good piece of work, Marcus. Well, so I appreciate we, that. We thank you for heading up LCMSU and campus ministry. We're a church, a school, and a campus ministry is something we deeply believe in, just well, like you do. Absolutely. And uh, anyways, we're going to send the radio program out here with a little bit of music from the dedication. And be sure to check out tlcnorman.org if you want to learn more, see the program, maybe some pics, and eventually the music files. Thanks a lot, Dave. Have a wonderful, blessed Lent. Thank you very much, Marcus.
Spirit, bless this organ for the services of His house. Amen. So have time for here today in the student union check it out tlcnorman.org and lcmsu.org and remember college is tough you need jesus we'll help you've been listening to the student union produced by the lutheran church missouri senate office of national mission in cooperation with worldwide kfuo the official broadcast ministry of the lcms your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting the Student Union.